Hi, and welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Danny. I'm a recently qualified barrister who works in human rights and public interest law, and I also do some consultancy on the side, as well as running the website www.legaldiaries.ie and the Instagram page at legaldiaries.ie. On the podcast, we dive deep into all things health, fitness, mindset, studying, habits, dating, and career, and probably so much more. I will aim to bring you the tools and actionable steps to smash your goals, inspire you to take bold action, and above all else, put yourself first. Hello and happy Thursday. Welcome back to a new Legal Diaries podcast. Before we get into it, I just want to say happy Thursday. I hope you guys are keeping safe and healthy at this time. I know anyone from Ireland who's listening, um, we've kind of regressed here in Ireland in terms of cases for COVID-19, which is kind of disheartening, but I'm hoping some of the new measures that are coming in will hope kind of taper or hope help taper that off um and that we begin that kind of road to recovery that we had started beginning um so yeah but today we're going to focus we're not going to focus on that we're going to focus on all things positive and we're going to focus mainly on the positive steps um that you can take to start your journey to sustainability and living a more sustainable life so if you are following me on Instagram, it's at legaldiaries.ie. You will know that at the start of September, so Tuesday just gone, I launched a sustainable September campaign, which I will be running on my on my website, um, and my Instagram page, and here on the podcast. So I know how I had previously said that I was going to do a release a podcast every two weeks, but I'm actually now going to release this month anyway for September there's going to be a podcast every week so there's going to be four podcasts in September but I'm super excited because I have some really incredible guests lined up for them and we're going to talk about everything from beginning your first steps and starting your sustainable journey to sustainability and your living a more sustainable life to items such as sustainable fashion sustainable food business agriculture like you name it we're going to explore it. Um, we're even going to talk, for all the girls listening, like we're even going to talk about the female problems that come along with trying to live a more sustainable life. But yeah, so I'm super excited to be doing this campaign. It's something I'm super passionate about and always have been. So yeah, before we get into it, just make sure to keep an eye out on my Instagram page at legaldiaries.ie as well as that I have I've also created a sustainability hub on my website which I'm super excited for because I have some incredible people contributing to that so that'll be a lot of blog posts and different bulk of resources that you can access and it will remain there on my website for the foreseeable um that you can access and read and kind of digest and figure out ways that you can start your journey to living a more sustainable life so I'm super excited for that but 
yeah, let's get into it. So today I'm going to be joined by the incredible Heather from at the We Sustainable Trading Company on Instagram and the incredible Bobby from the Little Eco Lady on Instagram. So yeah, let's get into it. I'll let the ladies hand over to the ladies and let them introduce themselves. So welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. As mentioned, I am super excited to have Bobby from at Little Eco Lady and Heather from at We Sustainable Trading Company on Instagram. So I will hand it over to you guys. Bobby, if you want to start first and just quickly introduce yourself. Hey, yeah, so I'm Bobby from Little Eco Lady and it's basically a page where I share my eco journey and the ideas that I have along the way. Um, and I've also just recently opened something called the Little Rubbish Boutique, where I sell electronic greeting cards that plant a tree and DIY deodorant kits. Amazing. And Heather? Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Heather. So um, my Instagram page is the We Sustainable Trading Company. Um, it's a small business that I started about a year and a half ago. Um, and I make uh, beeswax wraps and upcycled reusable bags and lots of little bits and pieces just to um, help people, I suppose, reduce the amount of single-use plastic that they use, um, just providing some alternatives, and I make them all um, here myself. Perfect. Um, wonderful. So, as I said, super excited to have you guys on. We're going to talk all about sustainability and being kind to yourself, but also being kind to the earth. So I, if you guys want to, I'm, it's super interesting. So you're both people that have come out with sustainable companies, essentially. What was your, like, what drove you to do that? Or what was your thinking? Or so whoever wants to go first. <laughs> I um, basically, I've got a weird kind of migraine that I got like seven years ago. Um, which affects my memory and balance and all that, like so many different things. So I meant I couldn't really do a conventional um, kind of job. Um, and yeah, I've been, the last year I've got really into my eco journey. So it was really, I thought, well, I'd like to start my own business, but I'd like to do something that actually benefits the planet as well. So that was kind of how I ended up starting doing mine. Oh, very good. And um Heather, what about you? Because um, I know I've, I've actually, um, I've ordered things from Heather. Um, she does a really good uh, uh, starter pack. And I'm actually, I'm super excited like, when you messaged me yesterday, Bobby, about the deodorant kit that you're putting together. I'm really excited for those. Um, sorry, so Heather, you go, you started about how you got started with the retail <laughs> trading company. Um, I kind of started by accident. So um, I, um, I suppose my background, my background is in waste management. Um, and um, I worked for years um, in a landfill and in recycling centres. Um, so my, my academic background is in environmental science and engineering. So I was always interested um, in the environmental side of things. Um, and then while we were, we, we live in Ireland, but for um, a short time we moved to California. And while I was there, I came across these things called beeswax food wraps, which I hadn't seen before. Um, and I have a tendency when I see things rather than to buy them to decide that I could try and make them myself. Um, I think I got that from my mum. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a look at these. I've got some fabric in the house and I found somewhere I could buy some beeswax. And I looked it up on YouTube and I gave it a go. 
um, and I made some for presents just for, for family, gave them away at Christmas and then a few people heard about it and asked me to make some from them in. and it just grew from there. I ended up um, starting a little Facebook page and then I did a few craft markets. So it's kind of just evolved naturally. I really didn't set out to, to start my own business. Um, yeah. So it's been interesting and um, I'm kind of just learning as I go along um, thinking of new things that I could make or useful things that I could use up, um, you know, things that I already have or things that I can, I can find to, um, to turn into something else. I, I love, I love a bit of an upcycle. So um, I love yeah, that's it. kind of how I've fallen into it. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah, I bought some of your sandwich wraps for, um, for my nieces and nephews, didn't oh, I? And did. I went round. Yeah, and I went round there the other day, and they still had them. They absolutely loved them. Oh, their friends actually that. are always like, "Where are they from?" And their <laughs> friends have all been getting them as well. Oh, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, and I've got your um, reusable grocery bags as well for like putting your veg in, made out of yeah. net curtains, which I love. Yeah, I lo they're um, one of my favourite things. I do love them. They're so handy. Yeah, they exactly. Offer. And I just love that it's repurposed. Yeah. yeah i actually i just made some um last week so people i love when people find different uses for things and i got a call from um my my daughter's school saying they're trying to figure out how they're going to um manage all the cleaning and the disinfecting with um with covid with having the kids back at school and she said i was just thinking could you make some really big produce bags from the net curtains and then we can use it to put all the lego and the toys and things in and then dip them in milton to sterilize them i think that's such a great idea i wouldn't have thought of that so that's my my project for the next week oh um, yeah that's a great idea yeah so i love it when people find new ways to to use things yeah that's a super top tip for any any primary school teachers about to go back <laughs> you'll be overrun mm. with orders for big produce bags now. <laughs> i know send me your curtains i'm gonna need them <laughs> yeah i think that's uh, one of the things <laughs> yeah no i was just gonna say that's one of the things i really enjoy about this journey is trying to find like new ways to use things so like i bought a new kettle and then I didn't want to throw my other one away because it was so pretty. So I like put a, a succulent plant in it, but I didn't want to put a, a plant that needs watering because it would damage the kettle. Um, so I put that in there because I, I went to, you, I think you saw my post ever about the um, electrical recycling centre. Yes, yes. And that was so interesting. And I realised that how many resources, like obviously the metal and things that go into them aren't an infinite resource. Mm. So it's really important to recycle them. And I think they said it was something like only... 10% or something of electricals are actually recycled and I had no idea that you even could recycle. Yeah this yeah. is it like a lot of times it's I feel like education is such a big thing um, surrounding so much of this people have good intentions but they just don't know how or what to do with things when they're when they're at their end of life where to take them yeah. um, so uh, no, it was a that was a brilliant post um, it is it's just opening up a, a conversation and saying oh listen do you know that you could do this with that or somebody else will will take that and you know take the useful things out and turn them into something else yeah no and i think think that definitely i actually passed a i was in connemara recently and i passed a like just a house and someone had remade like plant pots out of they must have had two old henry hoovers and they'd like remade little <laughs> plant pots in the front garden out of the cute little face at the bottom of the henry hoover oh, amazing <laughs> yeah i thought it was so adorable um like rather than just get rid of it and like a lot of people as well as like 
not knowing where things go, people then just don't dispose of things and throw them in the trash um, mm. when they shouldn't. And like, it's, it's so funny because even I get frustrated at home where my parents are like, oh, that's recyclable. But I'm like, no, it is. But you need to clean it first because you don't want to contaminate all the other stuff in there. Um, so it's little things like those steps mm. that I don't think people are hugely familiar with or isn't talked about enough. Yeah, and I think um, one of the first things, I don't know if you have the same, Heather, but one of the first things that people say to me when I say I've got an eco page is, oh yeah, I recycle. All that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> they always think it's about recycling, but actually once I started researching, not everything even gets recycled, does I it? Know. So I've kind of, it's a really difficult, I remember watching a programme on the BBC, I think it was called War on Plastic or something like that, and they showed, I'm sure it was Malaysia where there was just mountains of our plastic that had been like shipped out there. And then actually they just had so much that they couldn't even do anything with it kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's such, it's such a true thing. I think a lot of people maybe don't realize what they can and can't put into the recycling bin in the first yeah. place, but also, and I, I try to say this as well, um, as much as I can, do you remember sort of the um, reduce, reuse, recycle that, you know, everyone kind of had on posters and touted yeah. around when we were all getting our, our green recycling bins. There's a reason why reduce and reuse come before recycle. Yeah. Because yeah. we should really be looking at recycling as kind of the almost the last option. You know, it's exactly like you say there, Bobby. Um, and that's the, the other big thing. People put their plastic bottle in the recycling bin and they think, ah, oh, it's great, I'm very green, you know, I've I've done my bit for the environment and have no knowledge or really any care what happens to it after that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, certainly in Ireland, we don't have huge markets for recyclable materials. So it, it, a lot of that gets shipped off overseas. Um, and then once it's gone there, you know, does anyone really wonder what happens with it? You know, nine times out of 10, it's not necessarily turned into something else. It's dumped in usually a developing country, yeah. um, you know, for someone else to deal with, you know? And so I think trying to change our mindset in how we use things um and just reducing the amount of things that we use in the first place yeah. um, and if we can use something that's reusable instead then you know it's just so much better yeah, yeah. Uh, recently i've been this month i've been taking part in something called the planet earth games which is amazing mm. so it's kind of like about health and the environment and it, it was originally like a sporting event and then they wanted to make it more eco. So they do a different challenge each day. And one of them was um, litter picking, which I, I really haven't ever done. And I literally did it round, my mum's got a field and I couldn't go out because I was looking after the dog. So I was like, oh, I'll have to do it in this field thinking I wouldn't find anything. And I found one piece of, I found so many packets, Chris, one of them was from 2009 and oh, loads of them were really old dope. and it just really shocked me. Oh. I know, I was like, I can't believe that just in one field. So I started a, I've started a campaign now called um, Hashtag Dated Plastic. And the other day someone tagged me, they found one from 1995. So it was a 25-year-old piece of plastic. Oh. And it hadn't even faded barely. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, oh and I think, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that that needs to translate as well. So what I've started to do is in order to say reuse buy more sustainable like so say i'll opt for more so say for toothpaste i now use the glass jar toothpaste i use the ben and anna one um because i at the end of that life 
I can then use that jar for something else rather than having a plastic tube that's going to be disposed of. Um, so I think it, it, it really comes from like when you initially purchase things to when you're then reduce, reuse, recycling things. And I think the big thing that a lot of my friends will do, they're like, oh, I'm super eco-friendly now. I just purchase all these products. And I'm like, well, the best thing you can do is probably use all the products you have first and then kind of try yeah exactly i think people yeah. yeah 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 i think people often think they have to throw everything out and um and that's the best solution but yeah like you say using what you've got is much better but i think reusables are also a lot more convenient like when uh, i don't know if you had the same in ireland but in england there was a toilet roll shortage at the start of the mm. whole lockdown <laughs> and i don't use toilet roll anymore so i was like absolutely fine but obviously it was really stressful if you did use it <laughs> but i think quite often like and obviously i didn't really want to go to the shops but because most of my things in my house are now reusable it kind of reduced the amount obviously you had to go out for food and stuff but it does reduce the amount mm. you need to because you've just already got it there you don't run out of things yeah yeah and have you i, I don't I think know that's a really interesting yeah sorry, sorry. go on heather and you go no, I was just going to say, I think, um, to your point there about the, the toothpaste, um, I think it's even making those little switches, um, you know, in, in small ways. Like the other day I was in Tesco and I needed, um, my kids love ketchup on everything, so I needed to buy some ketchup. Um, and, you know, there's four different bottles on the shelf and it's even just deciding to choose the old school one in the glass bottle rather than the plastic. Do you know, sometimes yeah. it's not, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a big deal. There, there's, there's options there and usually quite mainstream options there. But just by choosing that, you know, glass is um, so much easily um, recycled and, you know, glass can be um, processed and turned back into glass very, very easily, whereas plastic can't. So it's making small but kind of smart changes, I suppose. So if you choose glass or you choose um like a steel can or an aluminium can over a plastic um it's always going to be a better choice um yeah. and usually those are fairly easy switches just when you're walking around the supermarket you know it doesn't need to be um a huge inconvenience to your life yeah you know definitely and even if you can't fight or you don't want to get the glass option even if you bought say a bigger plastic option yes so then you're reducing the number of bottles that you buy so if you bought a giant ketchup instead of a yeah <laughs> which is get used one. anyway absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah what do you yeah, think sometimes i think people kind of can't yeah go ahead now, I was just going to say, like, if you can't avoid plastic, then it's definitely a good alternative is to just buy bigger. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of not avoiding plastic, how have you guys, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but because of COVID, so many things are now, you go into the supermarket and everything is individually wrapped in terms of like rolls, pastries, like, like everything is coming now wrapped. How do you think, how, what do you guys think of that? Or how are you finding kind of, remaining sustainable in the midst of a pandemic i know i've definitely i have been using more plastic but i think also i've actually been trying out making my own um things a lot more and realizing they're actually a lot easier than i thought they were <laughs> like i um a lot of hummus and I've recently been making my own and the first time i made my own one it didn't really go very well so it kind of put me off 
And then with COVID, I kind of persevered because I obviously had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> and now I've pretty much perfected my <laughs> recipe. But I even like tried making bread, which I've never done before. And that was really easy. And I am definitely not. Oh, and I made a birthday cake for my dad, which I've never made a cake before in my life. So I'm not like a, a chef, but I have been finding that it's actually quite easy to make your own, your own things. Yeah, I think it was one. I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking about how um, you know the pandemic had affected. Um, I suppose how we go about trying to remain sustainable, and I think that was one of the things I'd written down was just time. We we kind of all got a little bit of time back. Um, you know, certainly for those few weeks where we literally couldn't leave the house, um, and I found certainly you know, I, I did buy less because I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't, there wasn't that temptation when you're out and about, um, you know, to just pick things up and buy them or, um, you know, there was definitely that kind of slowing down and just being a little bit more conscious, I suppose, about what we were doing. And it made me really think about what we actually needed. Um, and certainly um, when I was thinking about clothing, like, I don't know about you, but I wore the same things pretty much over yeah. and over again. And I realised how much I have in my wardrobe that I just, I, you know, I don't really need it. I, I don't wear it all that often. Um, you know, it definitely made me kind of reassess, I suppose, what we absolutely needed. Um, but to your point there about the plastic, yeah, I, I definitely have noticed that. Um, we actually went away a couple of weekends ago um, to a hotel. It was my husband's birthday and we, we were trying to think of something to do to celebrate seems we couldn't have a party and there were things that made me oh just I, I mean I know it's necessary but when you know even the little teaspoons that were beside the tea and coffee station oh, yeah. in your hotel room they were individually plastic wrapped you know every single thing was wrapped and you know sanitized and clean and it's it's just got to be hard because you know a lot of it is necessary I suppose um yeah but I don't know I don't know what the answer is going to be to that um but I hope we'll kind of figure it out as we go along because I think it's it's even, going to be yeah. where, even I was, where we live you know yeah even I was thinking if they were to opt for say a more like a compostable plaster because I know a lot of places are using mm cafes will use say they'll individually wrap their pastries but they'll have a thing on their plastic to say put me in a compost bin so I think even if they transition to something like that it might be a bit better yeah. but another thing I found that came and I was guilty of this at the start of the pandemic because like I ordered like clothes and stuff online but fast fashion went booming during the pandemic mm. because everyone was I would say even more so because everyone was thinking they needed to buy a whole new wardrobe for living, being at home. Um, yeah, what yeah. Um, do you, how, yeah. like, what is you, got, like, how do you think we will get out of the kind of fast fashion? It's all kind of like swings and roundabouts. Like, how do you think we will transition from that to more sustainable forms of fashion? Um, yeah. I'm doing a um, fashion focus actually next month on my page. So I've been learning a little bit about it, although I'm going to be learning obviously through the next month. But um, it's uh, Selfridges, I was actually uh, really pleased to see are actually doing kind of an eco push. They're doing, um, I think it's in beauty brands and also in clothing as well. And it's a really big kind of campaign that they're doing, which I thought was really awesome. So like they're really promoting ethical brands. Yeah. Ooh. 
Yeah. Which I, to see someone as big as that doing that is really cool. And I think it is those big companies that have maybe um, classically been fast fashion and would have produced quite a lot of that kind of clothing for their consumers. I think it's those companies, in my opinion, that will need to be the driving force of it because if people have the option still there, they're going to go for cheaper, faster. Like, And even I've seen Primark and Pennies, um, so Primark in the UK, Pennies in, in Ireland, they've kind of even moved to doing a more eco um, skincare and makeup and stuff like that. So I think it's the big brand oh, really? like that taking wow. it on. Yeah. Um, that will have to. So they've started doing like reusable face um, cotton rounds. So rather than, because they're, they, that would be to me a thing synonymous with Primark and Pennies, people going in and getting the big thing of like, cotton rounds to remove makeup and stuff so they've started doing kind of the cotton reusable kind of bamboo ones um oh that's very cool I didn't know that because I, I don't I haven't been in there for a really long time actually yeah I was literally just in I think it was more out of the fact that it had just reopened after the whole pandemic and I was in the, the city close to where my parents live and I was like oh I'll just go in um but yeah, they have like a whole range now and a whole a whole line. And Heather, I'd be really interested to hear. So you have little ones. How do you mm -hmm. manage like making sure you make kind of sustainable and conscious choices while also probably like dressing little kids as well? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I think it's hard, you know. Um we um, so I'm lucky in that I have two girls. So um, my my youngest very rarely gets anything new because she gets everything <laughs> passed down from her big sister, which at least she has a sister. I had a big brother, so I had plenty of brown dungarees when I was younger. <laughs> so I think she's onto a good thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's you just have to to try your best. You know, I think it's it can be really hard with kids. Um, certainly. I find like the the toys and you know that side of things you know if you have managed to have kids and not have a ton of plastic in your house then you're doing really well do you know it's yeah. um it can just be really hard but um I suppose you just try your best and you know um try and make little concessions there's a load of really good um I know not everyone's on Facebook but there's some really um good Facebook groups for um sort of free cycle um toys or um you know secondhand clothes and stuff um and you can get some really good deals a lot of the time i find certainly with um with toys and bikes and scooters and that kind of stuff um people just once they're finished with them they want rid of them do you know they're not necessarily always even looking for money it's not that you're gonna have to buy it if you can go and pick something up from someone they're happy to to have it gone um, and I've got a lot of bit, lot of bits and pieces that way, you know, playhouses for the garden and um, trikes and stuff like that. Um, and then nine times out of ten, that stuff is still in great condition, ready to pass on to somebody else once you're finished with it, you know. Um, so I find, um, yeah, uh, giving stuff away, picking up things secondhand um, can really help. A lot of times, you know, friends will have kids who are older and say, listen, do you know, do you want a bag of clothes? Yeah, perfect. You know, you'll always find something um, that the kids will wear. Yeah. And I think um, it's kind of, it probably is fun for the kids. So if you were to get a secondhand playhouse, you could have a whole thing of 
upcycling it with the kids and cleaning it and putting their little touch on it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I bought my my sister in law has been doing that as well, buying all second hand toys and that kind of thing. Some of them, like you say, are in perfect condition as well. Yeah. And I, for, for my nephew, I bought him a, a whole series of books that literally I bought them second hand and they looked absolutely brand new. So I didn't even open them. And then when I gave them to him, they had the little boy's name in that had previously had them. And he was like, who's this? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't see that. But I, was, <laughs> I, I love that. Them. That's one of my favorite things about like buying secondhand books is seeing like little markings that people have left behind. Obviously, you're probably too young to kind of understand the magic of it. But that to me is just really nice when you're like, you can see because we've some at home that like will have like little messages that someone wrote and they gifted a book to someone and yeah I, re I really like that yeah I was gonna say mm. someone said that people have started writing notes and stuff to go to the next person I was like such a lovely idea oh that is lovely isn't yeah. that cool yeah yeah or like I was thinking because I like my mum and I are avid readers and I love books um like I'm really and I'm really bad at like um putting not like basically being really sen sentimental about my books even though I'm never probably going to read one or two of them again I will keep them because I don't want to give them away like it's 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 bad but <laughs> I did a call recently and before I kind of I offered them to friends and family first and then whatever was left I then put into a secondhand shop recently but I wrote like a little note on them um just just to say like my favorite part of each of the books before I put them in um, and I love that yeah I just think it's it's really kind of it makes kind of giving stuff like it was it was nice for me because I'm so I love my book so much so to be able to kind of pass something on and feel like I'm like okay I can let this go now because I've written a little note to yeah. the next person <laughs> I'm gonna have it and hopefully they'll love it just as much as I did um but yeah, it's, it's really, and like, like for both of you, what would be your, so for, say for getting things secondhand or, or items, pre-loved items, where would your go-to kind of be, um, like, would it be online? Would it be like charity shops? Where, where would it be for you guys? I think a mixture of both actually I've got there's a lovely seaside town near me that's um got I think basically the whole high street is charity shops <laughs> and I remember obviously before covid I was going along the thing and there's obviously so many people that do that because we were all following each other from one charity shop to the next one in a little <laughs> procession it was really funny but um yeah and I've also got one very near me that I do pop into but quite often I think if I'm looking for something specific I spend, look on um, Facebook marketplace because um, you can obviously then search exactly what you're looking for and uh, yeah, yeah I find that I've got so many cool things off of there. I, I need to utilize Facebook marketplace because I never do and it's a thing that became I think for me it came on my radar, radar a lot during um, Covid because you saw people put up on social media oh we got this on Facebook marketplace and we're doing up this room in our house but we're going to look for items on Facebook marketplace rather than buy completely new furniture and I love upcycling and um, one of my proudest projects was I have a really gorgeous like um vanity beauty table in the at the bottom of my room which i bought in a second hand shop and completely upcycled um and oh, amazing yeah and i just like i think i need to get on that facebook marketplace um 
hype because I just haven't heard of my friends kind of doing it. But now that you've done it, I'm like, okay, that, that's a reputable source. I, I'll, I'll have a look there. Um, and what about you, Heather? What, what would your kind of go-tos be? Um, yeah, I suppose quite similar. I do love a good rummage around a charity shop, um, definitely. Um, certainly for, for clothes or little bits and pieces um, for the kids, charity shop would be my, my go-to. Um, I have, I mean, I've had a look and stuff online um, for clothing. I just, I'm not a great online shopper for clothes at the best of times. Um, so I, kind of, I like to be able to feel something and touch it and kind of try it on. Um, so I'm not sure that I would be so good at that. Um, I do love a good market if I can find one. Um, so um you know if you know a farmer's market or um you know any kind of craft market and there might be a little cheeky vintage clothing reel then that's that's my happy place i do love that um but yeah marketplace definitely as well if you're looking for something specific is really handy um because i suppose you can zone in on you know your locality and exactly what you're looking for um so i think there's so many resources now you know we can find stuff so much more easily um but uh yeah, no, a charity shop would be my 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 go-to definitely for, for clothing. Um and what I was gonna say as well, when we were talking about with kids, um one of the things that I had um been thinking about was um you know this sort of idea of um giving experiences or having experiences over yeah. stuff. Um and you know it's something I've talked about um a good bit kind of within the family, just you know, birthdays and Christmas the kids get so much stuff, do you know? Um, and they don't, they don't need any more toys, although they would disagree with me. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, just even saying, do you know what, instead of buying you a toy for Christmas, how about I take you to the cinema and we'll get popcorn, do you know? Or, you know, go for a day out somewhere and get ice cream or, you know, just doing something and spending time together and having an experience rather than just buying more stuff um, it's definitely something we're we're trying to be more conscious of. Um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, and I think it's it's just and it's not even just with kids. I suppose even with our friends, you know, um, a gift voucher to go to um, somewhere for dinner or you know a coffee shop. And I suppose in times of the pandemic, that's probably helping out our local businesses as well, just as much. That's what um, I was going to say, like those kind of things at the moment, I think are really paramount for people to do because mm. we need to start investing back locally as much as possible. And if you can't invest locally, just even nationally for both like the UK and Ireland to kind of, kind of put back into the economy, especially to, cause I'd be very conscious of if, even if I was to purchase something for someone, I'd rather purchase off a smaller business that was, especially now due to COVID, that was probably impacted quite a lot by the pandemic and everything that happened. Um, and it's, I, I find buying off a smaller kind of more local business or even a smaller like it, national or international business is a lot of a nicer experience than buying off just a random big company. Yeah, yeah, so much more personal. <clears throat> and I think I agree, I've been buying a lot more experiences and things for people. But also, before, I think I liked to get a surprise for people because I was like, oh, you know, obviously a lot of thoughts gone into it. Whereas now I tend to try and find out what people actually want. So I know they're going to use it if I'm going to buy them something. 
and then I'll find it in an ethical, like from an ethical company or a small business, like you said. Rather yeah. than, so if they want a t-shirt, for example, I'll get them an organic cotton one that plants a tree or whatever, rather than just one from the high street. Yeah. Um, and one big question that a lot of my friends and I would have had um, just switching gears when I started kind of my sustainability journey was being a female and trying to be sustainable um, in terms of like beauty products, period products, like um, feminine hygiene products. Um, I just think there's a lot kind of more products <laughs> essentially that are <laughs> marketed specifically towards women that they're like, we need this and we need this. And then there's the whole obviously makeup industry and everything as well. How do you guys find that balance of being sustainable, but then also having all of these other kind of extra add-ons that are come with being a female? Yeah, I think for periods, I kind of, it, that was one of the later things that I changed, I think, because I, for, to me, I think cups looked really scary. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've never liked pads anyway. So I was like, oh, it's either a cup or nothing for me. <laughs> and then eventually I, kind of, I think because they were like, I think the one I got was about 20 pounds as well. And I was like, that felt like a lot to spend out if it didn't work. Um, but then when mm. you think about it, obviously that's only a few boxes of tampons probably, isn't it? Um, yeah. and then when I started reading about like the toxins and things in tampons so I changed to organic tampons and then I was like but I'm still creating a lot of waste so I was like right I'm just gonna go for it and actually I absolutely love it I think I read a statistic earlier it said 70% of people that try cups then like stick with them and I think everyone mm. I've spoken to said um that they wish they'd done it sooner, which I feel the same. And I, I found a stat that said, I think over a lifetime, obviously it's a total estimate, but you can save like about 4,800 pounds by going reusable as opposed to disposable, wow. which was quite, yeah, it's a lot. Cause they're so expensive, aren't they? I know they're taking yeah. the tax off um, yeah. next year, but it's, and also there was a, apparently in one day, just in the UK, we flush, 700,000 panty liners, two and a half million tampons, and 1.4 million sanitary towels down the toilet. Oh it's gosh. just so it's obviously a huge saving if people mm. change. Yeah. Um, but even like, because yeah. I just made the transition recently myself, I kind of bit the bullet during the pandemic because I was yeah. like, okay, this is a time for me to try this kind of thing and not have to go anywhere for like during that whole week. So it should be okay. Um, so that kind of like pushed me to, to kind of make that move. But even like when I think of things like, so I work with um, a lot of people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness where I work. And I think of items like period poverty and everything that happens there. And I just think that there's so many reusable solutions that yeah, they might be really like costly to invest in in the first place, but they shouldn't, they're like, I don't think they should be like, I think there's kind of everything to do with periods for girls. It's just um, viewed as a luxury item, which really bothers me. Um, but yeah, I know that that's mm. interesting because I've just recently transitioned. So it's interesting to see that you were like, because I'm kind of having those thoughts now that I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? I'm like, yeah. it, it was expensive to buy in the first place. I think mine was about, I think, 25 euro or something. I ordered it off a, um, an eco-friendly kind of Irish store. Um, but yeah, I was like, why, why did I take so long to kind of do this? Because they're so, like, feminine hygiene products are so expensive. Yeah. Um, but I do not think maybe it takes... 
I th I think with my with myself, it's we don't talk about it. It's not oh, yeah. it's not like you're sitting down for a glass of wine with your pals talking about your menstrual cups as you know yeah. general conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why you know you you kind of you know it's the conversation you have you know as a, a teenager <laughs> when yeah. you first learn about this stuff and then that that's it. Like I feel like it's not it's not an open discussion. It's not something that you generally talk about. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis so if you've never even heard of you know reusable alternatives or you know anything like that it's 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 definitely it's all it's an education thing again do you know yeah. Um, yeah and I think I I think I had seen them and was very curious and was like oh my gosh how would that even work you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was a little bit scared I thought no I don't, I don't know about this I'll you know I'll I'll get a bamboo toothbrush instead and that could be my swap <laughs> yeah. um, and then I, I think I mentioned it to a friend and she was like oh yeah I have one and I was like what why why have you never told me this and she you know we had a, a chat about it and she's like yeah just you know get one give it a go um but I think that's half the battle is just a bit of education you know someone else telling you that they've used one and it's not terrifying and you know yeah. it might or it might work for you it might not but there are alternatives yeah um, so it's even period pants, yeah, period pants sound amazing. I haven't tried those yet, but they're basic. Yes. They sound incredible. And there's, um, I think it's WKA. I don't know how you pronounce it. Wickerwear are doing a petition at the minute because uh, yeah, although they've taken the twenty percent tax off of most things, they haven't taken them off of period pants because they still class them as a luxury item. So they're doing a petition oh. to get those included to make them more affordable for people. So they're they are expensive. I yeah. looked some the other day and I think they were around 25 euro per pair, which yeah. that is expensive, you know? You're not just going to buy one pair. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Although yeah. I signed up to, because um, actually one of my things I was going to say as a tip is um, like looking at your bank account and go with a more ethical bank. And I've recently mm. changed to Triodos and they do, I think it's, I'm sure it's compostable with the bank card. It's no uh, either, yeah, it's either compostable or biodegradable, one of the two. But they're like the most ethical bank ever. They're really cool. But when you joined with them, you got a sixty-pound um, uh, ethical superstore voucher, which I was planning on using to get a couple of pairs of period pants to try out. So oh, that's really interesting. I had never heard. What's the name of the bank again? It's Triodos, T-R-I-O-D-O-S. And they only oh. invest in sustainable, like ethical businesses and they try and support small businesses. And they, yeah, they're, mm, I've literally yeah. just swapped over to them. So I haven't even looked on their app or anything yet, but they do sound, I know a few people that use them. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because when I set up my pension recently, actually I ended up talking to my provider and I was, he was like, because you go through your portfolio and what you want to invest in. And I was like, is there any possibility that I, that you have a stream of like ethical companies that I can pick and choose from and you can invest in or that I have basically a thing where you'll only invest in ethical brands and ethical companies. And they basically were like, we'd love to, but no, because we can't like you a company may be ethical one week but then they may do a deal with someone else the next week which will make them not ethical or they might oh, right. this practice and I yeah I found that really interesting that they were like it's so difficult but in my head it's not yeah like, I think more and more companies are becoming more like just as as of as a course more ethical so it was just really interesting for them to come back to me and this was about a month or two ago and be like well we can't make that promise to our um customers about their portfolio because 
we we can control the businesses that we invest in so although they might be ethical one week they might not be ethical the next and i just thought that was really interesting yeah that is interesting there was actually totally unrelated to banking but you just uh, reminded me of like ethical businesses and stuff there was one really cool one that i wanted to say about called elvis and cressy have either of you ever heard of them no they no. they make their they are more expensive they make a they're a luxury bag and belt and wallet kind of company but they kind of uh, were part of the start of my eco journey because I did a tour around their workshop and they were just like the most inspiring people ever they basically started their business from the materials and worked their way back to what they were going to make with the materials so she said to start with she was like rummaging through bins and things to see what people were throwing away and eventually she found that the fire hoses once they're decommissioned they're obviously really robust but they can't be used anymore um, and so they make all of their products are made from London fire hoses. So not a single one goes to landfill now. They all go to them. Oh, um, wow. And everything, even the leaflets are made on old tea sacks, which is obviously a really lengthy process, like because there's loads of layers to a tea sack. And then the, I got a bag from them and there's a lifetime guarantee. So they'll fix it for life. So although you're spending more, it's actually you've mm. never got to buy a bag again so yeah but and then 50 percent of the money for my bag went to help a lady in guatemala to do a engineering course so she could put um solar lighting into her village and i was like it's just wow. so cool that there's companies doing things like that i just yeah like i think it is like and i think the the, the point that you've made is that it might be costlier at the outset but you get so much more for you get an experience you give back to the environment and you get if anything happens to your bag you have that lifetime guarantee whereas if you were to buy a cheaper bag online or in a big kind of fast fashion chain you're not going to get that same experience consumer experience or the same kind of lifetime guarantee so i think certain items like a bag or a purse and bigger items I think people need to kind of maybe think and if if it's going to last you for how many years to come that it might be costly at the outset but it, it is worth it in the long run yeah definitely and i get so much more enjoyment from my bag knowing the story behind it and that it's helped someone in like a yeah. developing country and it's just i think i did a, um, an art piece when I was studying art a few years ago we had to do mixed media and i was like i want to do something where it's like a plain thing and then the person's reaction is what makes it the mixed media and I was like what kind of thing would really re get a reaction from like everyone so I did just a plain piece of paper as my piece that I <laughs> exhibited but then I did a poem about the story of because we just see like a piece of paper but actually it started off that someone had to plant a seed then it grew into a tree for years and then there's the whole process of making it into paper and I think once you start thinking about the story behind things as well, that kind of adds more value to it. It's not just a piece of paper. It's actually a lot has gone into making that. So it's kind of, yeah. in, for me anyway, it encourages me to kind of waste less because I think about the, the, the story of it. Yeah. Like I had, I actually recently purchased, well, at the kind of start of the pandemic, um, I don't know if either of you ever follow her. She's um, food fitness Flora. She's Flora Beverly um she's a uk kind of youtuber and instagrammer and stuff but she is vegan but she she does quite a lot about sustainability but she brought out because she does some consultancy so she brought out kind of like an ebook that people could purchase for like 
all different things to do like branding and stuff on Instagram and I purchased one offer and then the first I didn't know this but the first x amount of people that purchased she partnered with an organization that would then even though it was an ebook would then plant a tree and I thought that was really cool like I was really excited to pick out my tree and get my tree planted (laughs) yeah that's what I've done with my greetings cards actually yeah yeah and I donate uh, 20% to charity. I've, I chose, I don't, that's really cool being able to choose your tree actually, because I just chose um, Australia because they lost 20% of their forests last yeah. year. So I chose there and then an Australian wildlife charity because obviously so many animals got injured and that kind of thing. But I did a card that said um, I've saved a, saved a tree and planted one instead because obviously yeah. where you're sending it digitally, obviously you're saving the tree. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that that is like companies that do that little bit of an add-on or give you the story behind their product. I think they're really, like really good. And I think like they need to, like, I don't know what we do to draw more people in, but it's just, I think sustainability is so accessible now. Um, And one question actually, Heather, I have in particular, Mm. just before we move off kind of feminine hygiene products and stuff like that, um, how did you find being a mum um, being sustainable? So like nappies, bottle, all those kind of things. How, how did you find that? Um, yeah, so I, at the start, I remember someone telling me about cloth nappies and I was so gung-ho and I was like, right, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to be um, very environmentally friendly and I will buy no disposable nappies. Um, and then I had my kit. <laughs> <laughs> I realised how hard it is. Um, so I, um, I've used actually. There's a cloth nappy library in Ireland, which is an amazing resource. Um, and so I, um, I basically hired like a big basket of cloth nappies. Um, so they send them to you. Um, I can't remember. There's say like maybe twenty five or thirty, all different brands for you to try. So the idea is that you can kind of try them out and figure out what works um, without, you know, the investment because they, they can be really expensive um, to buy. Um, I think they're about twenty euro each. So if you were, you know, there's days with a newborn you could go through 10, 12 nappies. Do you know? So it's a very big um, layout at the beginning. So I tried a load of them. Um, unfortunately, they really didn't work for me. I tried my best um, and. I think in hindsight, maybe um, if it hadn't been my first kid, I could have, you know, maybe stuck with it and maybe at a different um, stage. Newborns particularly um, can be tricky with nappies and explosions and all the rest. And it just, it didn't work for me. And But I put myself under so much pressure. And I think this is one of the big things, um, certainly when it comes to sustainability and you know trying to be more environmentally friendly we can be so hard on ourselves do you know especially when things don't work out or we think that we've you know done made the wrong decision um and i gave myself a really hard time about that because um a lot of people as well ask me oh you'll be using cloth nappies do you know as this assumption or you know if you're in in any way environmentally minded then of course that's what you're doing um but it just didn't work for me um and I think, you know, you can you can make different decisions, but you you don't have to strive for perfection. Um, so that didn't work out for me. But, you know, other things did. And certainly, you know, using second hand, um, second hand things, um, donations, um, 
I breastfed both my kids. So I suppose that helped with the bottle side of things. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, that's such a tough thing and it doesn't work for everyone. And that's yeah. another thing that people put themselves under massive pressure, do you know? And so I think we all need to sort of cut ourselves some slack sometimes and realize that, you know, to, um, to try and strive for, for perfection, you know, is, is just the, the wrong thing because you're going to fail and then you're going to make yourself feel really bad. Um, so, you know, little changes where you can make them. If cloth diapers work for you, happy days. That's brilliant. You know, there's the flip side of that is all the washing and cleaning that goes with it. So you're still using, you know, resources in another way. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's never quite that simple. Um, mm. But... Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I love that quote as well that says you it, it's better to have a mi millions of people doing it imperfectly than a handful of people doing it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I think that kind of leads me on to the next kind of thing that I wanted to just briefly discuss, and that's a the kind of stereotypes that you guys find you come across when because you have a sustainable company as well so you're automatically kind of when people ask you what you do you you say mm. about your company so then you're automatically branded a particular way so what kind of stereotypes you guys come across and then that the second kind of um thing i want to chat about from what you were just speaking about heather is that whole idea that you need to go all gung-ho and be perfect at it because if you're not gonna if you're not going to be zero waste and if you're not going to not produce like like anything at all and you're going to shop like organically and you're going to shop ethically then why why mm. go at any way sustainable so I'm just interested to see because like obviously for me I would have to bring up and say oh I'm really passionate about the environment and I, I like I love eco-friendly like I get I get jeered by my friends because I love farmers markets and I love finding mm. eco alternatives and <laughs> They're, they think I have what they call notions. They're like, you're such notions. And I'm like, okay, well, you'll become, and some of my friends have come to me going, oh, well, I actually want to change toothpaste or deodorant. Do you, do you have any recommendations? Like eventually they come around, but like what kind of stereotypes would you guys face um, when you, especially because you have an eco brand, a sustainable company as well? I think you're right about saying about um like I try not to kind of not not talk about it too much obviously if people ask me I do but I feel like you say if you don't try and preach that's the word I'm looking for to your friends then they'll just be like oh whereas if you don't preach them then they'll come to you and be like oh actually I was wondering about this kind of thing um but it was really funny the other day I went around my friend's house for dinner and they were warming it up and they went to put cling film on it and they were like oh no I can't use cling film because you're here <laughs> they were like, what do I do? I was like, well, I just use nothing, but or you can put a plate on there. <laughs> it was just so funny. The look in their face, they're like, oh, no. then they tried reusing the piece of cling film and they were like, <laughs> and that obviously doesn't work either. It was just really funny. Was like, <laughs> but then they've actually now bought a cover. So it it's, did get them thinking. It's I think that's what's interesting is like, like what I found with me is especially once you start looking at the way you do things, that's when you become aware, isn't it? Because I think we're so yeah. automatic pilot and do yeah. so many things without even realizing because we're obviously so busy and that's just the way our brains work anyway because we're there's so mm. much information we can't we have to go on autopilot don't we yeah, yeah. that's so funny you say about the um covering something because i remember explaining um to um my mother-in-law she was like what are these things you're making and i said beeswax food wraps and she's like and why do i need this what do i use it for and i said well you can use them instead of cling film 
And she was like, when? And I was like, well, you know, if you had leftovers, you could put it over the tub. And she looked at me like I was crazy. I said, well, I just put a plate on there. That's what we always did in the yeah. olden days. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, do you know what? You've actually made a really good point. And I think, um, you know, when we were sort of saying about not striving for perfection, I think Instagram can be good and bad in some ways. Certainly when you start following, um, you know, hashtags or pages around um you know sustainability or zero waste and that type of thing and you know these news feeds that are filled with beautiful um curated pictures of everything's bamboo and um you know reusable and these rows of perfect pantries with mason jars that are labeled and oh, yeah. filled from bulk stores and i don't know who has a kitchen like that because i definitely don't Do you know it's I think that can be really hard because then you think, well, this is what I, you know, that that's what zero waste looks like. And it's really not. Zero waste is absolutely not that. It's using what you have and buying less stuff. And if that's mismatched old Tupperware and, you know, collected glass jars from the jam that you used last week and all the rest, you know, that's what we should be trying to work towards instead. It's it's just consuming less, using our materials more wisely. Um, you know, and just not being lured, I think, into this false sense that we need to buy more things to be more yeah. sustainable, because that's absolutely yeah. not the case, you know? Yeah, like and, I think, and I, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Bobby. No, I was just going to say, and I think also thinking about using things not for their primary use. So, mm. for example, I've got like, we've got a pub and we get absolutely giant cans of baked beans and I use those and made them into a plant pot. And I think they look really cool, actually. And then also, like, I... Um, when I changed to loose leaf tea I got a little tea like a teapot with a strainer on the top and it just didn't work for me I just couldn't mm. it was really difficult to clean I didn't like it so I was going to sell it and then I was like actually I need a uh, you know when you make rice from scratch because I used to buy microwavable rice and then when I changed mm. to making it from scratch you have to rinse it and I was yeah. like I haven't actually got a sieve that'll work and then I was like oh I can use that and it's ideal for that so it's yeah. thinking about using things, not necessarily how they were intended to be used. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And one, one interesting question, and it might be a controversial topic, just talking about food. A lot of people, so I'm personally not vegan or vegetarian. I would try eat more sustainably, but I just haven't transitioned over yet. Um, like I would like to be like vegetarian. Um, that would be my goal but would you like people automatically assume if I talk about like eco stuff they're like but you're not vegan or vegetarian and mm. people synonymously think about the two things as not different but the exact same and they're like well you care about all of this for the environment but like you eat chicken and I'm like well <laughs> not. Yeah. and like are, are would either of you are either of you vegan or vegetarian out of interest or like what would your kind of food journey be in terms of because of how eco-conscious you are I actually am but it wasn't to <laughs> it wasn't to be eco it was for health reasons like with the migraine that I said about yeah I got put on a really strict diet when I first got that where I basically couldn't eat anything and then that was kind of the start of me realizing that food has an impact on my health because obviously it's your fuel isn't it yeah um and my body just didn't really like digesting meat so that was why I originally did it and it was actually really interesting recently I was I was on a date with someone 
and he was saying, oh, I watched this documentary, and he cooks as well, which, so he's around meat all the time. He was like, I watched this documentary, and then now I've been vegetarian for like six months. And I was like, how can a documentary make you go vegetarian? That's crazy. <laughs> like, especially someone, he loves me, he works with me, and I was like, that's just bizarre. But I think, um, I watched the documentary, it actually was really interesting. But yeah, so I wouldn't, I didn't do it for eco reasons. I just did it for health reasons. But yeah, it's obviously, like you say, it's stereotypical that people assume that. Yeah, mm. and like, but it's so true though, because like, but the, I used to work with kids um, up until last year and the amount of them that would come down and be like, just decide that they're vegan or vegetarian. And fair play to them, a lot of them stuck with it. And even my friends, and it was because of some documentary that they watched on Netflix. Yeah, um, yeah, I know a few people. I was like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, because I think my my perspective of when I look at it um, in terms of diet, I would, so I eat more organically and sustainable for health reasons. It also is a knock-on effect for the earth, but I just think of it more in terms of like gut health and that kind of thing. So I it, and it, like it doesn't undermine people's reasoning for doing it. I don't if I have any vegans or vegetarians and you became that because of watching a documentary, I don't mean it in a defensive way, but <laughs> I just think it's so interesting to hear people's different journeys of how they ended. And um, what about you, Heather? Would you be vegan or vegetarian or would you No, we're not. Um but I I think we're definitely more conscious of yeah. what we eat. Um and actually it was one of the um when you'd you'd asked me sort of what would be our um our top three sort of tips for a yeah. sustainable journey and number one on my list was eat less meat. Um yeah. so you know we are meat eaters in our house but we definitely eat less. Yeah. Um we started um it was something I became aware of actually when we were living in California. Um there was um, a, a thing called Meatless Mondays. Um, and um, the idea behind it was the, the city were trying to encourage a lot of the restaurants and cafes to go meatless on Monday. So yeah. all of the options available would be. Um, and the, it had such an impact because they obviously climatically and, and, and environmentally just, um, you know, reducing our meat consumption um, has huge impacts for our, our carbon footprint. Um, even just if it's one day. Um, but also they said that they were finding financially it made a big difference for them because obviously meat's more costly, um, but even the preparation and the cleaning um, that goes along with the meat prep, yeah. um, you know, they didn't have that for a day as well. So it was, it was really interesting to me, just the knock-on effect of just that one day. Um, so we kind of took that on board and we said, well, we'll just do meatless Mondays. And then I feel like it, it, it created a bit of a shift um, because to start off with, we were very conscious of it. And then it just became quite normal and we realized actually do you know what? we could as a family go a whole day and not eat meat but it's not really even a big deal like we weren't really thinking about it as much um so it's definitely something um you know that we've we've tried to do um my one of my, my kids doesn't particularly like meat anyway I don't know if it's a I don't think at the age of six she's doing it for ethical reasons um, <laughs> but you know she just doesn't so it kind of changed the way I, I cook and um, the things I prepare for her anyway um, but definitely from from an environmental point of view um, reducing the amount of meat and dairy that we consume um, is one of the biggest things we can do um, yeah. for the planet. 
you know it's yeah and I think realizing that and I think maybe it's an Irish thing and it might be a thing in the UK as well but like you don't have to have meat for it to be a meal (laughs) like Mm. oh absolutely it's a cultural thing hugely it's a cultural thing meat and two veg you know it's how so many of us were raised um yeah and that's it's a big shift and that's very hard changing people's habits is one of the hardest things we have to do you know I know and like even my because my boyfriend's very like if I was like oh I have a headache he's like you need a good good dinner good good meat and veg and I'm like "Mm, I think I'll have a salad or like a lentil curry or something or like I it's just like getting out of that mindset that you have Mm. to eat meat and every meal in order for it to be a meal um like there's so many and it's not even saying that you need to find meat substitutes it's just have a lentil curry have a just pure vegetarian stir fry make some like fun kind of stuffed peppers or something like you don't have to because I think when people automatically say oh you don't eat meat with that meal so what's the alternative it's like just use veg there doesn't have to be or like legumes or like beans or there doesn't have to be a meat alternative um yeah 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 when I moved in with my ex-boyfriend actually he ate meat and I didn't and it was actually really difficult like to try and cook meals for both of us and we ended up arguing so we were like right he was like fine I just won't eat meat and he actually was so surprised at like how much he liked the meals he was like oh they're actually really nice so I was like yeah <laughs> you don't feel like you're missing out and there's obviously like a lot more variety in vegetables than there is in meats because there's obviously I don't know maybe I don't know eight different meats or whatever whereas there's probably 50 different vegetables mm. or something yeah. so you can have more variety as well yeah 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 and I think that's really interesting as well Heather that you said obviously your six-year-old hasn't chosen it for ethical reasons <laughs> but like if no. you personally are vegan or even like you Bobby if you're living with a partner who's not vegan or vegetarian like you have to accommodate those kind of people as well like I, I think the like you don't automatically want to assume that especially your kids like if you're a vegetarian that they're going to be a vegetarian like yeah yeah mm. um and I think probably a lot of people will will struggle that with that um so yeah I just have um and if you were interestingly if you were to give the UK and Ireland a sustainability grade what do you think <laughs> you guys would grade them <laughs> Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's, we're definitely improving. Like you say, if places like Primark and stuff are selling reusable products and I know you can get like reusable veg bags and Sainsbury's and yeah, it's definitely mm. going the right way, isn't it? I think in a lot of ways, yeah. obviously a lot of ways, especially like we were talking earlier with the pandemic has obviously made it go back. Some things go backwards as well. Yeah. I think you're right. It's becoming more mainstream. I, do you know what I saw the other day? And I thought it was fantastic. Um, it's a very Irish thing, but um, Brennan's bread, which would be, I suppose, like the Irish equivalent of Hovis, maybe in the UK. So like, you know, everyone would have a, a loaf of bread in their house and nine times out of 10, it's going to be this brand. And they've got a new compostable wrapper. And I yeah. just thought, you know, it's such, I that's such that. a big deal because, yeah. you know, that's a very mainstream everyday item and for that to now be you know just on the shelves in every supermarket and corner shop um i think that's a a huge statement um and also i think if if it's available now so if they can do it everyone else can do it do you know yeah that's amazing 
yeah so i thought that was really really um interesting and just a big deal and also about seven different people that i know sent me a photograph of it which i thought was hilarious <laughs> They're like, they're like, no, you'll love like, to see this. Yeah, Heather will want to see this. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I think you know, just just it becoming more mainstream. Um, yeah, I think we can be in a little bit of our own bubble. You know, you only see, I suppose, certainly on social media, what you you choose to see, what you subscribe to. So obviously, I see a lot of really cool sustainable stuff and that seems very normal to me but yeah is that the true picture for everyone you know is that yeah. just mainstream um you know not necessarily so I think we do have a long way to go but yeah I agree we're definitely starting to see changes and um if more companies are starting to you know jump on um sustainability and incorporate that into their business then that can only be a really good thing yeah yeah exactly so and I think yeah sorry go ahead Bobby. no i was just gonna say like a, a bread wrapper sounds like something very insignificant but then there's that quote that says it's only one straw said eight billion people and if you imagine mm. like a pile of eight billion straws would like so that would be people saying no to one straw that would be a, a big pile Absolutely. so i think like even if people, one bread wrapper obviously would make such a difference yeah i just think it shows as well the technology is there you know yeah. and the manufacturers yeah. there when, you, when we were talking about you know products and tracing it back somebody knows how to make that now and obviously they can make it you know pretty easily and it's available so hopefully now other people can can realize that and take up that technology and incorporate that into their products yeah um, it'd be a huge step because yeah my dad was telling sorry yeah. no no yeah, i was just gonna say because bread particularly in my household is such a staple like mm. Like the amount, and I think maybe it's a, it's a UK thing as well, but like the standard lunch in a lot of Irish homes and when you send the kids to school will be a yeah. sandwich. So like, yeah. yeah, definitely. And like my, like, I never thought I was a big bread person. And then I moved home recently and I was like, I actually eat a lot. Like I, I started to have like, a thought to myself being like, do I eat too much bread? <laughs> um, <laughs> but my dad like loves bread and so does my brother. So I think, if it's going to be such a staple those big companies making those changes will make like if everyone does it it's someone making a decision without actively having to think about making a decision to be more sustainable um, yeah. but yeah that said do you have a grade in mind so if you were to go to like an a plus to uh <laughs> absolute fail an f what do you guys think you would you would go for for the uk and ireland so if you, Bobby, if you do the UK and then Heather, um, Ireland. I don't um, know. That's really difficult, <laughs> isn't it? So. <laughs> I'm going to so, give us a, I'm going to give us a C. I'm going to say there's a huge amount of room for improvement. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, think we've, uh, I was, I was thinking C minus D territory. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because my, my reasoning mainly being, um, I'm not, I'm not too sure where, where you're based, um, Heather, but I've just recently moved home um mm -hmm. to where my parents are in wrinkle county near enough to Kilkenny city um and one thing i really really miss is um bulk stores and i think we need more of them mm. around the country and i think yeah. they only exist in like bigger cities so i know galway has one um dublin has a few of them um i know yeah. there's one in like meath or something i think called zero is up in meath potentially but like so I think we need more of those kind of things. So that's why I was kind of airing on a C minus. Um, 
yeah just because moving from Dublin I think there's not as many kind of bigger resources outside of the the kind of city bubble or the Mm. capital so that that would be where my thinking is that and it would get a d if i was to look at like planning laws and go into that oh, kind of environmental yeah. tract i'd be like <laughs> okay we get a d then um, yeah yeah yeah, I yeah, think we, if we're going to look at where we stand on meeting our, um, you know, our climate action targets and things from a, a regulation point of view, we're we're not doing very well yeah, at all. So. Yeah. When I when I started studying law and I was in EU law, the amount of cases that was brought by the Commission against Ireland for our waste management was mm. ridiculous, and I never Maybe. thought about it. But there's actually, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Kilkenny, Heather, but there's like a dump on the way into Kilkenny. Um, it's done more and I remember when we initially moved down we used to drive by it to go into the city and I used to be like that stinks and I (laughs) it's because we were overfilling all of our landfills in Ireland beyond capacity um but now we're we're better and obviously they've done it so it's still open that dump is still open but there's not the smells fumigating into the area but Mm. yeah like our waste management like it was so bad and like the UK's could have been as bad initially I'm not I wouldn't be familiar but I just remember being in EU law being like Ireland you were so bad and like even that whole I remember being in school at the time and Ireland was getting an incinerator and it was like huge controversy like huge controversy at the time um but yeah yeah I think I'd be C minus D territory but by yeah. very cynical, but <laughs> um, yeah, we've got. What, what would you rate the UK? Do you think? I would say yeah, maybe C minus. But actually, listening to you, like I live in the middle of nowhere, and I've got uh, three or four zero waste stores near me. Or then they're really refill stores. But there's actually a website as well you can go on called Zero Waste Near Me, and you can see if there's one near you. Mm-hmm. And someone the other day actually said to me oh, I haven't got one nearby. And I was like, have a look, because you might do it. She's like, oh, there's actually one two miles away. So they are popping up. I think yeah. even if you think you haven't got one, you might actually, or not, I don't know about Ireland, but in the UK, there's definitely a lot more popping up. Yeah, but, like they are definitely popping up. And I think they appear every so often at the farmer's market. So companies yes. will come in and set up a, a stall and stuff. And kind of, I know Cult Zero are very good at going um around the different like markets they're usually at the little green door market but i like maybe there is one and i'm just completely missing about now there are a lot of health food stores which you can go in and they have better kind of products that you can purchase and you can purchase bulk stuff online i'm pretty sure but yeah i just i i miss going in because one actually just opened in the dundrum area in dublin where i was living and i miss the experience of going in and seeing all the things that you probably wouldn't buy yeah you were in the store and like things that you wouldn't even think you could get a sustainable kind of more alternative to and just like it sounds really nerdy but just bringing my jars in and like filling them up and stuff so yeah yeah, I actually worked in a, in one of those refill stores on Wednesday because I'm doing a 100 job challenge oh, where I try 100 different jobs for a day to raise money I for charity. I saw that actually. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I was like, yeah, that's so, that was really exciting to see. Like, because I've been going to that refill store now for a year. So seeing it from the other side was so interesting. Yeah. And well, I would it. love to actually go to like some waste management places for my jobs to see like what they're like. So um, that's the plan. 
Yeah, that'd be super interesting. Um, mm. And um, do we, yeah, we still, sorry, um, I'm just conscious of, of timing for Heather. Um, yeah. So just, just before we briefly, quickly finish up, if you guys want to run through, I know you've mentioned them throughout, um, just three of your top tips for sustainability for starting your journey. Yeah. So for me, I put doing a bin audit. I think that was the biggest eye opener for me. So get your rubbish for a week before you take it out and lay it out. And then you can kind of work out where you can cut back. So I think I was totally unaware of what I was even putting in my bin before I did that. And I still do it now, actually, just to see how I can reduce it even more. Um, and then bank accounts and electricity suppliers are really easy ones to change. You haven't even got to go anywhere. Um, and also I put watching documentaries. I think that was a really big one for me. And that's what actually kind of started my journey. I watched one called Blue. Um, I accidentally went to like a film night for Plastic Free July. And um, yeah, so I was in Australia last July and I'd never even heard of Plastic Free July. And then it's, it's really big out there because that's where it originated from. And uh, so I was like, oh, OK, I'll go along to this film thing. And then I watched it and I was like, wow, it was really quite shocking to actually see these things. And then I just decided, oh, OK, I'll just do a post for each day of July. And then that's how my page started. I didn't expect it to still be doing it a year. And then mm. this July, it was really interesting to, because I did a post to show what I'm doing now to what I did last year. And I actually kept all of the things I changed apart from one, which was growing herbs, which I still haven't managed to do without killing them. <laughs> but but I, they're all just habit now. So I don't even think about doing them. So I was really surprised that actually, like I'd made that many changes and they just felt easy because, yeah, I don't even give them a second thought now, which is cool. Very cool. And Heather, what, what about you? What would be, I know you kind of mentioned them throughout, but what would be your three? Yeah, so um, it's funny actually that you said there, um, Bobby, watching documentaries. The first thing I wrote down was educate yourself. So yeah. just, you know, um, read, um, look up, there's so many resources, you know, certainly online. Um, and I had sort of written down, you know, what really goes into your recycling bin. Find out what it is, take the time to, to educate yourself about that. Um, do you have a local farmer's market? A lot of the stuff we've talked about, you know, um, is there somewhere nearby that you can buy things in bulk or, you know, local or loose? Um, and then also um, under educate yourself, I had written, you know, just look up your carbon footprint. There's, there's some really good um, online carbon footprint calculators. And it's a really interesting process to go through because it takes you through every aspect of your life. Um, so your electricity, um, how you travel, um, what you buy, what you use. Um, and it gives you a really good indication of what your big, um, your big carbon footprint areas are. So if it is your travel or if it is the, the meat that you're eating. Um, and then you can kind of take from that, I think, some, um, some useful tips on where to make your changes. Um, so I had educate yourself. No, the other thing was just buy less stuff. <laughs> just, <Yeah>. just stop <laughs> buying so much stuff that we really don't need. You know, think about um, what you already have and how you can use it differently. Um, and then the, the third one was eat less meat. So just really look at your diet. You don't need to be vegan. You don't need to be vegetarian if you don't want to be, but you can definitely reduce the amount of meat that you consume and also um your food waste um that's such a big thing as well the amount of food that we throw away um 
has a massive impact on our carbon footprint as well because the resources that have gone into producing that food, the water, um, the energy, um, usually the transport and even getting it to here. You know, if we buy two mangoes that were on, buy two for one euro in Tesco because it was a good deal and we only use one of them, that other mango certainly wasn't grown in Ireland and it's gone straight in your bin, hopefully at least your compost bin. But the resources and the, the energy that's gone into that, um, such a massive um, environmental impact. So just being a little bit more conscious of what we buy, how we consume it and what we throw away would be my my three things amazing well thank you so 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 much like it's been such an interesting chat and there's definitely so much food for thought and so many like we could you could literally like i could talk about this all day um, <laughs> and <I> <laughs> yeah. um, but before you go if you guys just want to give maybe i know you did initially at the start but just a shout out to your maybe businesses and where people can find you or kind of maybe any cool kind of things you have coming up yourselves in terms of projects yeah, so mine, on, annoyingly, they're different on Instagram and Facebook. So on Instagram, I'm little underscore eco underscore lady. And on Facebook, I'm little eco lady. Um, I'm in the process. I've nearly finished my website. Um, but I also have something called the Little Rubbish Boutique, which the link, it's an Etsy shop. Um, and the link is in my bio on Instagram to, for my electronic greeting cards and my DIY deodorant kits, which should be ready very soon. Amazing. And Heather? Um, yep, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, um, and it's the Lee Sustainable Trading Company. Um, I don't have a website yet. I might at some point if I um, get around to it. But uh, yeah, you'll find me there. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't have a, a huge amount of stuff um, for sale. It's very much um, when I have time to to do things because I work in addition to running my little business. But um, I'll try and you know keep at least certain conversations about sustainability and put up some helpful hints and tips yeah and even i find i find it really interesting because you always post little things that you do around your garden and little mm. kind of things and i like i find that so interesting because it's so nice just to see those kind of little everyday kind of sustainable things that people just do as a matter of course um mm. so i think i think that's super interesting so yeah thank you again so much um for for coming on um like i actually i really enjoyed it and the time passed so quickly like it was just when i checked i was like oh no um it's really fine. <laughs> yeah but yeah thank you so much guys but um yeah it's been wonderful it's been really yeah, nice to talk it. to both of you yeah, yeah it was um, awesome thank you perfect <laughs>